The following resource is presented by the Counseling and Conference Services of IOM America. In a world where nothing is certain, find the right way, the way you should follow today. This way will take you to the best junk from around the world. Welcome to the Identity Matters Worldview Institute. Students, you gotta love that intro guy. I certainly do. I got a question for you before we actually get started on our lectures tonight. What is your personal power source? Now, I would like to have you just tap or click on the address below and send me the answer to that question. Or you can text me at 602-292-2982. Answer the question, what is your personal power source? Now, I'm sure that some of the answers would be anything from my training, my inner mind, the inner man, the inner leader, I don't want you to be general, I want you to be very specific on where you believe you get your daily personal motivation, power to do the things that you do. This is going to be our primary topic as we talk about the 10 top leadership killers that we're going to start talking about tonight. Here's a little quote for you. Power is a gift. It is given by the highest of authorities to enact the supremacy, vision, and mandates of a supreme commander. Now that could be, a supreme commander could be the President of the United States. Most people today, because they're being trained up, not in how the country works, but most people today don't even realize that the President of the United States is a Commander-in-Chief. Commander is military. He can start wars or stop wars anytime that he wants. That's what commanders are for. The word comes from commands, commanding something of someone. Chief is there's no one higher up in your tribe. You put the two together, you have a power source. Now, ultimately, for me, that power source is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. There is no one higher than God. 
And you put God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit together, and you have a power source. Here's what Hebrews says about power. Power is the hand that rules, directs, creates borders, owns dominions, and has the ability to enforce his word with supernatural manifestations. See, the difference between me giving you a command, I have to hope that you'll do it, and I have to wait for your self-will. Well, dear God, history is proving itself that we are waiting too many years for people to say, I'll take care of that for you. The goal, from what I understand in true leadership, is those who are on your team have already figured out what you like in your coffee in the morning. They have already figured out what's your favorite little treat at 10 a.m., They've already figured those things out because they've been watching and observing. And a true, loyal, faithful worker delivers those things to you before you ask. And that is my relationship with Jesus Christ. I deliver the things to him before he asks them of me. An obedient worker is second class. Do you understand that? A third-class worker is someone who decides when their self-will decides it's time to listen and obey. That's third class. You're in the back of the plane. That's where the majority of culture lives today, is a third-class worker. The second-class ones wait till their commander, whoever that is, spits out an order, and they go and do it immediately. We don't even have very many first-class workers left. 602-292-2982. Let me know if that's true or false in your life and experience as a leader. The first-class workers deliver the goods before you ask. Obedience is not even necessary. Do you understand that? First class workers, you don't even need obedience because you're walking in it. You are so tuned in to your leader, your father, your mother, your boss, your pastor, your teacher, Jesus Christ, God the Father. You're so tuned in they don't even have to ask. And here's what it does to the leader, leader. That leader can move forward at a faster pace because asking someone to do something slows you down. Do you get that? It's wasted time. If you're a great second-class worker, I wouldn't get my chest puffed up too much because that's not where you're supposed to be. You should be serving before asked because it'll release that leader to move faster 
in accomplishing the Father's mission. And you are watching the footprints in front of your leader, making sure there's no stones, there's no clutter in his pathway that's going to block him from leading you. What you do to benefit the pathway of your leader is going to ultimately benefit you. And it will ultimately benefit those who are following you. The chain link is linked. And Satan hates this truth. So are you a first-class worker, a second-class worker, or are you in the back of the plane? Only you can answer that. Here's the 10 most common leadership mistakes you're going to hear about in the lecture, a couple lectures that are coming up. Number one, not providing feedback, upline and downline. I double-checked again this, this week just to make sure it's still a hot topic on the Internet, and that is, what is the ratio of people replying to other people's text? One-third do not respond to texts that are sent out anymore. And if they do, the communication is so short, got it, with you, cool, awesome, that there is no flow anymore, even in relationship of texting and emails. So I'm bringing this up again to let you know it's getting worse. People are disengaging more and more and more and more from communication and relationships in general. So to think that you have a lot of thumbs up on comments you make somehow gives you this sense and feeling you've got a lot of friends because they befriended you. It is a bill-faced lie. Because true friendship is, in the Hebrew, an exchange of what? Identity. Identity. So whoever you say you are friends with, you're exchanging identity. And if it's not the same identity... we have a crisis of belief. Remember in our video a couple weeks ago that I played for you from one of our instructors, Simon Sinek, and he went on to talk about trust and how important it is for you to hang out with people who believe what you believe. Common sense says that's true. That is not what is happening. Some people are attending this course because they want to find out what they believe. But see, that requires for you to say goodbye to someone, and then another person, and then another person, and then another person. If the core group of true believers with the conservative truths, the life-changing truths that will set you free, if that group, according to Scripture, prophetic Scripture, is getting smaller and smaller and smaller, what do you think is going to happen in the choices of relationships today? Oh, I am not going to lose my friends. 
over that group. They don't realize the implosion of that. It's going to turn on them. So people are going to become more isolated and more lonely and more depraved. Number two, not making time for those you lead and serve. Now, this is a list not coming from my notebook, even though it did, but it got in my notebook because of something someone walked me through. Do you know the top 10 things that are happening in the world today with our leaders? This is it. This is backed by statistics. So not making time for those you lead and serve. We're not talking friendship. We're not talking about going out and, and having a cold one after you're done with work. This is not what they're talking about. This is becoming so incredibly focused on the mission and vision that was given to you as a leader and are you taking the time to invest that in other people, particularly your workers? How can you expect them to follow you if they don't know where you're going? How do you expect them to look five steps ahead on your path so there's no clutter in your path if they don't know which way that path is going? Number three, being too hands-off. I get accused of the opposite, actually, of having to be hands-on, particularly when it comes to something that I know it's going to throw a glitch into a system that we are using that is too valuable to have glitches. So I tighten down the screws. Well, that hands-off is, well, go try it. We'll see how it turns out. That's obviously not a good modality of leading. Number four, being too friendly. I would have stuck that up at, at number one, actually. And maybe it will hit number one after the statistics come in that are more updated. But friendship over position is a big problem. Most Leaders do not want to lose the ability to please a boss. And so what happens is they, they do people pleasing from a boss position to the employee or the worker of the church. And that's what they expect back. I'll overlook your mistakes and you overlook mine. Well, to that I say, who's going to correct the mistakes? <laughs> and it's usually the governing board, the higher bosses that say, either you get this fixed or you're gone. Number five, failing to define goals and objectives. Number six, misunderstanding what motivates the team. Well, I read some of the details You'll get some of those details as we go through this list over the next couple lectures. But some of the details underneath 
this, what motivates them is taking them out after work for a couple gold ones. If booze motivates them, then I'll use booze to win them. That's what a lot of leaders are doing. And they'll go overboard on the friendship thing so that the employee or the church worker thinks that my boss is my friend. There's a certain amount of defense and loyalty that comes with that. And that's what the leader, you leader, who are like this, that's what you thrive on. And since we're living in a culture today that the more orders that are barked out, the lesser friends you have. We have a crisis of belief facing our corporate world today. So to be able to lay out the goals and objectives, I'm afraid you're going to have to have the power to reinforce those objectives. So discovering where your power source is becomes a primary issue. Number seven, hurry in recruitment. As the Bible calls it, don't lay hands too quickly. Of course, it goes on to say, particularly putting a young believer in a ministry position, the number one mistake churches make. Someone gets born again and we send them to the children's department. I think that's where we start them. Or maybe stick them in the choir. That's not what service is supposed to be. Right after someone is born again, they should be telling their story to every single person that they see. That's where it starts. And then under discipleship, they're groomed and they're grown into other positions. Same thing works in a corporate world. Number eight, not walking the walk, lack of power with decisions. You may be walking the walk on what the responsibilities are given to you as a leader, but it does not mean that you are reinforcing your decisions with power. That's when you lose your friends and sometimes your pastor. Number nine is not delegating task and power. Power can only be released to someone when they're loyal and faithful. If you give power to someone who's not loyal and faithful, they'll use it against you oftentimes taking your position when you're gone because that can be their objective. And then number 10, not separating authority from friendship. Because of that issue earlier we were talking about of the people-pleasing leaders must have the faithful, loyal support relationally over objectivity of task. Remember when Jesus was about a task and Lazarus was starting to croak and they sent a messenger to Jesus. He was like a three-day journey away, something like that. Messenger finally shows up and tells Jesus that his friend is dying The ladies are panicking. 
Come quickly. And Jesus said, I'll get right on that. No. What did he say? Not quite. I am about my father's business. But it first says he corrects the messenger, rebukes him, telling God what to do. Are we now? That is how most Christians, with quotes on it, pray. They pray in such a way they're telling God what to do. I need healing now. I need my car fixed now. They're telling God what to do. You see, no matter how you pray, you're not going to shift Jesus away from doing his father's business. It is not going to happen. I don't care how aggressive you pray and claim it, stab it, and slab it in the name of Jesus. You're not changing Christ one bit. He will not refocus his direction, not one bit. He will stay on the pathway, carrying out his father's business. So our choice is to stay on that pathway and join him or create our own pathway and order God around like he's some kind of slot machine. And that's how people today treat their bosses. Or they'll quit on you. I say fire them before they quit. They're slowing you down. They're slowing the mission of the corporation down. Any worker that puts a demand on an authority figure needs to be removed now. Now you can have a little gap period where you're trying to win them over to how a system is supposed to work. But you better keep that in mind. If they're constantly, consistently resisting, they're slowing you down. Ultimately slowing the vision down. A quality leader never trusts a human to carry out a supernatural vision without oversight, motivation, and a skill set that usually comes through equipping. So I hope you enjoy this lecture coming up. It's going to be a goodie. This resource has been presented by the Counseling and Conference Services of IOM America. For more information about our ministries, visit us online at IOMAmerica.org. That's IOMAmerica.org.